Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Fastball was coming out really well. I think you touched 95 just, just in the bullpen session, and breaking ball was, was really good too. So he just hasn't faced uh, hitters, game action. He's got to do PFP. He's got to you know, get, uh, get his sights set with hitters in the box. He's got to, got to have guys taking real swings against him. And we can accomplish that in, uh, in due time in Arizona. I think it's important not to rush it. And there's Theo Epstein talking about the Cubs' newest acquisition, Craig Kimbrell. Welcome in, everybody. Good morning. It's inside the clubhouse. Glad to be with you. Good morning to Bruce Levine across the way here. Good morning, Mike. Welcome back. Glad Uh, to be here. Matt Spiegel sitting this one out today, and it's great to have you here. And that sound you heard was from uh, Bernstein and McKnight yesterday, live from Wrigley Field, as they had Theo Epstein as as their guest talking about the newest acquisition by the Chicago Cubs, Mr. Craig Kimbrell and how that's going to impact the Chicago Cubs the rest of this year and a couple more down the line. This is Inside the Clubhouse. Mike and I are with you until 11 o'clock. Then he sits in with our good friend Steve Rosenblum for another three hours of joy here. But uh, we are here all baseball for you from 9 to 11. Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 67011. He'll read everything worthy for you. And by the way, Mike, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your home for the best food in Chicagoland. Here's a checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, certainly. The finest bakery on the North Shore, without question. Max and Benny's has full dinners from 4 to 9, seven days a week, featuring all the staples and the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. Great soups warm the body and the soul. Spacious private party rooms and meeting rooms accommodate 10 to 150. Uh, They are uh, the king of catering as well. Check with John at MaxandBenny's.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Only Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper, the same way that Cub fans are feeling about their team right now after the signing of Craig Kimbrell to a three-year, $43 million contract with an option for a fourth year, Mike. And as Theo mentioned yesterday during the press conference and then also on with Bernstein and McKnight, no draft pick compensation. You didn't give up anything except money, which is... Almost unheard of to to get a Hall of Fame caliber type closer that uh, Craig Kimbrell is. This this is a big get for the Cubs, uh, and this is a huge need for the Cubs with Brandon Morrow a question mark it, to even play again this season. You don't know if you're going to get at, at anything at all out of Morrow, so Kimbrell comes in and fills a huge need. Also, Cubs fans uh, got to feel pretty good about 
Mr. Cole Hamels and what he did yesterday, a, a spotless performance against the St. Louis Cardinals. Absolutely. White Sox fans, we're with you as well. We have live guests today. James McCann, the hot catcher for the Chicago White Sox, still hitting right around 340. He'll join us in the 10 o'clock hour, as will Brandon Kinsler, the reliever for the Chicago Cubs. But you are king on this show, and uh, Mike, uh, we all always take calls at 312-644-6767. Takeaways from the Kimbrell press conference, um, I think – First thing that stands out to me, Mike, is the fact that um, Theo uh, thanked the Ricketts family for the economics of it. But let's start out with some sound from uh, Theo Epstein yesterday at the press conference. Uh, At first, he talks a little bit about um, how they kicked this thing around for a while. Just uh, gathered the team and introduced Craig and... um told them that you know the job they've done the first two months of the season playing really good baseball and putting us in a great position led us to do what contending teams do which is you know go look outside for help we think that uh this team certainly um has a chance to accomplish our goal which is win the world series and we were going to be an aggressive mindset when it came to the bullpen he also talked about uh, mike the fact that uh without Tom Ricketts and his family, this thing would not have gotten done. Thanks to Tom and his family, really digging deep on this one, we were able to go out and get uh, the individual I think could help us maybe more than anyone else in baseball, um, given the makeup of this team and, and the aspirations that we have. Uh, the, the other part of it, Mike, is that um, this was a chance and a unique opportunity uh, in midseason doesn't come around every day. We continued to talk, and you know, it, it just became clear that that Craig was serious about his interest in the Cubs, and and that if there was any chance to get this done, we wanted to make it happen. We saw it as a unique opportunity. I mean, how often can you add a closer, an elite closer like Craig, someone who's arguably on a, on a Hall of Fame trajectory, um, with the need that we have midseason, you know, without get, giving up any prospects? That's um, just such a such a great opportunity for the Cubs that we all sat down and said, if there is a way to make this happen, we want him to be wearing a Cubs uniform. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, trepidation during the uh, offseason through spring training, the fact that, um, Mike, there was uh, no money around. And mm-hmm. uh, they were only add, able to add uh, Brock and Descalso uh, to their team. But... Uh, uh, Theo talked a little bit about uh, what the, the winter woes were like. We were doing what we could to address the bullpen this winter. It was not a situation where we were going to be able to to sign Craig this winter. That you know for a number of reasons, and as things changed on both sides in season, it became more realistic, and we were able to to make something happen. And the one thing that we took away from uh, Theo's press conference, and then later he talked about this, and with Bernstein and McKnight. <laughs> Uh, on on the score is uh, the plan to bring him along at a at the right progress. We're not going to rush it, as Craig said. You know, it, it's going to be tempting, you know, to get him here as soon as possible. Um, but we're trying to plan this thing the right way so that he can be um, in a position to succeed, not just immediately, but all the way through October. And that's going to be our guiding principle as we go. And this hour on The Score brought to you by the Grand Geneva Resort and Spa, home of the Brute and the Highlands Championship Golf Courses, GrandGenevaGolf.com. So, Mike, your takeaway, you're not only a broadcaster and a fine one at that, but a Cub fan. Uh, Does this give the Cubs the leg up 
in not only their division, but in the National League to compete with the Dodgers at the end of the year to, to win a championship again. Yeah, I mean, this is, and Theo hit it right, in my mind, the, the, the need was so great, and this guy was the perfect fit. So I think it is. I think it's this is a home run for the Cubs, assuming that Kimbrell comes back and is Kimbrell that the uh, we've all seen before and that uh, has has had so much success over the course of his career. The other thing that I like that he said is this doesn't mean that they're necessarily not going to make any more moves in the bullpen because you still have the question mark surrounding Morrow. You you obviously have a good stable of guys back there, but. As we know, we've seen this the last three or four years with the Cubs, their postseason runs. You're always cycling through relievers. There's always injuries that pop up. You need that depth. So Theo and company still with work to do, but absolutely the Kimbrel thing, uh, I think a lot of Cubs fans are very happy about. Well, they're going to have to add left-handed pitching into their bullpen. So Ryan's done a yeoman's job, but um, you know he's kind of a journeyman type. Yep. Um, you know. Montgomery has a segue between starting and relieving and long relieving, not really a short guy. So one or two left-handed pitchers, Will Smith with the Giants is an awesome setup man slash closer. The asking price has been very high for Will Smith. Um, This one, they're going to have to use uh, resources of players, Mike, Uh, no money here. So, from that perspective, uh, you know, do you have enough and wi- are you willing to give up, you know, an Edwards for him? Are you willing to give up a Hap for Smith? Are you willing to give up uh, a combination of young players? Uh, they, they originally asked for Elzele, which is their top young pitcher who's been pitching lights out at AAA over his recent starts. And yep. uh, I think the answer is no on Elzele. But from the perspective of, you know, for Will Smith, can you afford to give up a uh, Ian Happ? Are, are you still high enough on him as a switch hitter and a young guy under contract control who hit 25 home runs two years ago to, to use him to get a, a piece to help you win a championship? What about guys like Jesse Chavez, who they brought in last year, kind of under the radar, didn't exactly uh, cost you a ton, and yet performed great. I mean, I'm sure they're scouring uh, the, the yeah, lower-ranking teams, the, the lesser teams of the league for that. But he, here's here's the rub to that. There's like five or six other teams out there looking for the same guy. Sure. Okay. So you have Philadelphia. Um, you have Milwaukee. You have St. Louis. You have, um, you know, other teams in the uh, American League that would like Boston um, – and uh, Tampa, they would like to add to their bullpens late in the season here. So you're you're not the lone ranger when it comes to, hey, let's make a deal. We're the only team involved. Mm-hmm. So it's a little convoluted. But, you know, the big piece is there, and, and that's, that's the good news. Now these other veterans have a ways to be able to uh, sit back, kind of um, enjoy their roles, not have to worry about, whether they have to pick the adrenaline up to close out the ninth inning any longer. So from that perspective, you know, it's a great move. Now, as to when he's going to show up, uh, let's let's listen to Kimbrell. Um, I think uh, Kimbrell talked a little bit about how he feels right now going into this rehabilitation part of his comeback. I've been doing my best to stay ready. Spent uh, a lot of time down in Florida. 
uh, right outside Orlando. It's down there training, working out every day. Early on, I tried to simulate the best I could, spring training, and then working into the season. And, and, I, and as we worked through this, uh, we could kind of see the, the prolonged time that this might, might take, and I worked out accordingly. And at this point, I've probably long-tossed and thrown as many bullpens at this point as I ever have, but definitely feel good and uh, ready to go. So from that perspective, um, he talked a little bit about that there's no real timetable right now. We've sat down, we put a game plan together and something to work off of, but uh, at the end of the day, it's based off how, how I recover, how I get ready. This isn't about uh, getting back on the field as fast as I can. It's, this is about being the best that I can in October and down the stretch and um, doing what I came here to do for this team. So, uh, you know, again, is that two or three weeks, Mike? Uh, What's the appropriate time? This is like an uh, unknown area that they're going because very few guys have come in uh, after missing two months and spring training, and then you have a a program that you know is right. Mm -hmm. So with him, he's been working out since November. He's thrown in some kid, you know, from a high school there. Uh, He's keeping in great shape, but it's not necessarily game ready to play with the Chicago Cubs. So he goes to Mesa, Arizona uh, today. He gets a physical evaluation. Uh, the trainers uh, talk to him. They they go over their physical metrics, metrics with him to get him in game shape. And then he starts to throw with them and eventually gets a minor league assignment. So from all indications yesterday, it's probably two or three weeks from now. Um, what are we sitting on June 8th? You know, maybe realistic time is uh, right at the end of June sometime. Yeah, you figure the All-Star break is about a month from now, so maybe you get him in a little before uh, then, the you All-Star get some break, of the kinks yeah. out. I, I mean, if they really wanted to push it, they could leave him till the All-Star break and then bring him back. They could, they could. Uh, you know, again, uh, it's hard to say what the right time is. You know, this is uh, uncharted waters as far as the scientific mm-hmm. part of, yeah, he's ready to go. He's ready to throw three or four times a week. So, you know, getting him there, getting him through a minor league assignment, then getting him to Joe, and then having a plan for Joe where he's not four times a week right away mm-hmm. out of the shoot. You know, there's uh, there's areas that have never been explored. On top of that, it's not Chapman. You know, it's not like, hey, just use this guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent. We right. want to win a World Series. Yeah. This is a guy that's an important commodity for the next two years after this, a, an extremely important commodity, uh, being paid $16 million a year uh, for 20 and 21 with an option for vesting option for 22. But here you have a situation where your bullpen is going to change an awful lot after 2019 because yep. you have a lot of free agents. Lots yep. of free agents. You know, almost everybody in that bullpen of significance, other than I think CJ and Montgomery, are free agents mm-hmm. after this year. So, yeah, Strope, they're going to have to make a decision on C Sheck. You've got uh, all the veteran guys. Brock is on a one year deal. You mentioned him. Morrow is out of contract after this year, and our, I got to assume that he'll be gone after our this. Our guest, Kinsler. Uh, Br- Brandon Kinsler. That's right. So, so they're all they're all you know that bullpen's up. Um, yeah, you can bring some of them back, but the point is, is that Kimbrel 
is that linchpin to it over the next couple of years. So you, you kind of have to be careful. And at the same time, you have a championship to start to win here over the last uh, three months of the season. Yeah, and the Cubs, uh, the Cubs with the three-one win over St. Louis yesterday. Stropey closing it out. Uh, the home run to DeYoung uh, making people nervous, but he did get the job done, uh, saving it for Hamels. White Sox fall in Kansas City six to four. Let's sneak in one call here before we uh, head our, to our first break. River North, Matt is up first on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Matt. Hey, Bruce. I got two questions for you. One about Kim Kimbrel. The three weeks. I mean. Why not you get him down to Arizona, get the physical, he throws a little bit, throws one game in the minors. I mean, this guy's a pro. He's he's the best, or one of the best. Why not just, you know, you don't have to overuse him up here, but I hate to – they got a tough week coming up with Colorado and Dodgers. The schedule gets a lot harder. I, I want him in two weeks, you know, and uh, I don't see – you know, you could – because you could fall behind if you don't mm-hmm. address that situation. They've blown – how many saves have they blown? Ten? No, probably seven or eight. But, right, so, but I mean, uh, the the idea is, yeah, you want him here, but uh, you know, Matt, I mean, you, you you have to be sure that you're not rushing the guy. Well, uh, what, what's rushing him? You pitch him once or twice a week till he's more comfortable. Is yeah. that not uh, to me? That's not rushing him. He's still better than anybody they got. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree about- with you. They want him here, but again, uh, there, there's really no finite way to determine. What is proper time? You know, do you start him with the idea that he needs a full spring training, or do you start him knowing that he's worked out in the off season and uh, he's more ready in two weeks? Well, I think you got to you got to watch him, you know, in Arizona yeah. and see how he looks. See how he yeah. looks in the, you know, in a couple stints in the minor leagues. If he looks good. I'd bring him up. Matt, thank you for your call. Right, uh, hey, Mike, and again, three one two six four four six seven six seven. Cubs fans, Sox fans, every team we talk here on Inside the Clubhouse, Mike. Um, you know, the key is you don't want to rush him. Uh, most of the relief pitchers I talked to uh, the last couple of days, and I talk, and Kinsler is going to be on with us later on, said that spring training is really probably too long for them, that mm-hmm. three weeks is probably the right amount of time for them coming off of conditioning and working out. Um, you would probably think Kimbrell's a little bit, bit more advanced because his expectations were, I have to be pretty much game ready when – I throw for people, not just, hey, for a season, but, you know, he threw for the Cubs last Friday. Uh, He threw for other teams prior to that. You have to be able to show something at that point to say, you know, this guy, you know, he's throwing 90, 91. That's not going to get it done. So uh, what the Cubs saw was good enough for them to offer $43 million. 312-644-6767. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. That is the number if you'd like to check in with us on the Craig Kimbrell signing on the Cole Hamels game yesterday, the gem uh, eight scoreless for Hamels as the Cubs beat the Cardinals. Uh, we'll also jump into White Sox with uh, the Sox falling yesterday to the Royals and uh, Lucas Giolito pitching against Kansas City today. Talk about the Sox newest ace as well. And uh, as Bruce mentioned, our guests, James McCann from the White Sox, Brandon Kinsler from the Cubs, both coming up during the 10 o'clock hour. And your calls to 312-644-6767. That's Bruce. I'm Mike. It's inside the clubhouse here on The Score. Nine twenty-seven, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito, sitting in for Speaks today, and uh, we have uh, two guests coming up during the ten o'clock hour. James McCann, Sox catcher, 
And uh, Brandon Kinsler, Cubs relief pitcher, will also continue to talk to you at 312-644-6767. And Mike, uh, the White Sox came oh so close uh, over the last homestand to uh, uh, coming in equal. Uh, I think they tied the Indians for second place for one day. Uh, Still haven't made it to 500 yet. Uh, Now, uh, you know, another uh, loss yesterday, a game that uh, they, they had a lead in at one point and gave it up. Uh, the bullpen just uh, didn't hold up. But um, is, in your mind, the White Sox idea of getting being 500 or better or being one of the better teams to compete for a wild card, is that realistic or is it fool's gold? Should you be watching for them to try to get a division or win a wild card and the division's not going to happen, obviously. They're ten and a half games behind one of the better teams in the American League in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But is the wild card fool's gold for you, or should we be watching the individual players, uh, the young players, and the improvement, and focusing on that rather than a collective, hey, we're better, uh, we're going to push for a wild card? What, what, what do you think the focus should be? For me, the White Sox is definitely the latter. I, I want to focus on the individual performances. I want to enjoy Lucas Giolito. I want to enjoy Anderson and Moncada and Eloy as uh, hopefully he becomes more consistent. And I love that they, you know, they're going to have their streaks, right? But if you look at the team as a whole, to me, with the starting pitching that they have behind Giolito, this this is not a rotation that is set up to to get you in playoff contention uh, you're still, as you said, you have not touched 500 yet. You got within one game of it. Uh, I am not saying that they will not play better than they have. They're already showing us that. I just think to to think playoffs at this point it is really pointless. I mean, it, you know, even even in a weak American League, it is a weak American League. But I mean, you're you're not. You got Tampa and Boston and Cleveland ahead of you still. Texas is actually above 500. Oakland is has been up and down. There's a lot of teams between you and a playoff spot if you're the White Sox. And not that, of course, they're going to go for it. And you want to see that consistency. You want to see more than just Lucas Giolito uh, pitch there. I mean, Ivan Nova had, like, as you mentioned, last night in Kansas City. And the Royals are not a good team. They're one of the worst teams, in fact, in baseball, if not the worst team in baseball. And you had a lead, and Ivan Nova uh, and that bullpen could not hold it. And you wind up losing that game 6-4. to four. So for me, and this is just me, I think... This is definitely that swing year. If you're looking at the White Sox as a as a bell curve, you, you know you you've bottomed out. You're, you're as you have been as low as you're going to get, hopefully, in this entire process. And you're 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 on the upswing of that curve. And I think from this year to next year is where you make that leap. And I bet you that we see Rick Hahn uh, try to spend a lot of that free agent money, just like he did this off season, next off season to pair with a lot of the guys that they've already got. Plus. What we don't know what's going to happen this year at the trade deadline, do they hang on to guys like Colome or do they trade him? Do they try to, uh, or are they able to get anything for guys like Ivan Nova? I don't know that at this point, based on performance, that you're going to. So after the Yankees in Tampa, we have 22, 23 losses, you know, now 23 and uh, 24. You have Boston with 29 losses or 30. You have the White Sox with 33. You have Cleveland with 31. You have Texas with 28. You have Oakland with 31. Angels with 33. So you have a big mishmash Mm -hmm. of teams 
that are within a couple games of each other for the second wild card. I mean, the White Sox to be 29 and 33 and still be only a couple games out of the wild card um, shows you how weak the American League is, how much parity there is in yep. the American League. And uh, do you uh, you attempt to go for it? And as you, you mentioned, do you hold on to <clears throat> column A? Do you hold on to, you know, um, some of the other pieces that you have or do you continue to pull the trigger on trying to stay competitive? But more importantly, Mike, when do you do it? I mean, is there a growth chart for the Chicago White Sox that you want to hold on to column A uh, to win the Giolito starts, to win the Lopez's starts, to win the C starts when they, when he comes up here in the Mm -hmm. next two or three weeks or month? Uh, How important is it? To, to have that that thing where you learn how to win as a team as opposed to your individual progress and adding more young players to that mix. Bottom of the hour brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats championship hockey. And your Chicago Wolves are battling the Charlotte Checkers in Game 5 of the AHL Calder Cup Finals tonight at 7 at Allstate Arena. Be there live or watch on the YouTube. Visit ChicagoWolves.com for playoff information. Uh, this text, Bruce, from the 630 to 6711, if you'd like to text us, please do. It says, 500 means nothing to me. Uh, this team needs more top five picks. I'm sorry Anderson is not a star either. Well, Anderson has certainly uh, performed this season uh, and shown a lot more than he has. I know uh, a lot of people, including myself, were expecting big things from him, and it's been slower than anticipated. But to me, Anderson and Moncada, these are guys that have made steps this year. They have made big steps, yeah. and uh, they look like major league players that are going to be productive players for the White Sox for years to come. Uh, with Anderson, you know, he dominated uh, the month of uh, the month of April to the point where he was the player of the month in the American League, and uh, he dominated uh, from the perspective of another area too, and that is trying to lay down the fact that the White Sox should be taken seriously, uh, that he doesn't like other teams that uh, he, he White Sox baseball is going to be about in-your-face baseball. You know, I, I kind of like it uh, from that perspective that there's, you know, he's saying the White Sox are here, they have to be taken seriously. And, uh, you know, the White Sox have shown that in a lot of series. Again, the consistency of their starting pitching, the consistency of the bullpen, other than Colome up until the last time where he blew his first start mm-hmm. or first uh, save opportunity. Um, it's been up and down. But again, we're talking about baseball 2019 where a 500 record uh, has you being taken seriously for a second wild card. Yeah, the thing with the White Sox in the wild card uh, that I look at, and this this is one of the things that where I like you know, how they've extended the the standings and the advanced team metrics. You look at run differential, and if you look at the White Sox, they're a negative fifty-one on the season. That is not to say uh, that you know this is a, the be-all and end-all, but their 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 one loss total is better than what they've actually earned. If you look at it in that manner, Minnesota is the only team in their division with a with a plus differential on the runs. They're a plus one hundred eight. Everyone else is in the red. Uh, three of your American League West teams are in the plus, and then your three American League East teams. So to me, that shows overall, over the the vast season and the number of games, as the games add up, that to me is is a measure of your consistency. And that's really where, you know, you've had Anderson win Player of the Month. You've had Giolito win Pitcher of the Month. 
and you, you've you've come oh so close to being five hundred. You've come oh so close to getting over that hump or to that you know that midpoint. Um, and this is a te- a young team, a growing team. We know what they're doing. We know where they're at. They just haven't gotten there yet, and they've struggled to to be that consistent. You know, sh- I mean, of course, they, it was great to see that win streak uh, during that last homestand. Other than the series in Minnesota a couple of weekends ago. I don't think the White Sox have been overmatched by anybody, mm-hmm. but they were certainly overmatched by what's considered to be, you know, the big boy. I mean, they still have the best record in baseball, right? In Minnesota. So yeah, they're, uh, they're a dominant team, you know, coming out of nowhere with some great additions and playing great ball. But other than that, uh, the White Sox have held their own and it's going to be, an interesting week uh, coming up, finishing these uh, last couple of games with Kansas City, then returning home and then playing the Yankees toward the end of the week uh, as to where they're at. I think you're going to have a better feeling for the White Sox moving toward the All-Star game after uh, the, the Yankees series to see how they stand against them. Yeah, and, and to uh, to correct ourselves, well, it's, it's not actually a correction. Minnesota does have the best winning percentage in baseball. Tied with them, though, is Houston and the Dodgers not far behind. Uh, the other thing to note, and this is why a game like last night, you know, for my baseball fandom, this this is this is one you should have, right? It's against the last place team in your division. You had the lead and you couldn't hold it. I mean, these are the games. If you're a good team, if you're going to be that team that's going to get over that hump and going to become a 500 or above team, you got to win those games. You do. And, and, you know, we'll see how Giolito does today against uh, it's Brad Keller for Kansas City. Um but, the, the, you know, that was one that they could have, should have, would have, and they and they missed it. Yeah, and, and again, you know, it does separate you sometimes from being the, you know, the elite teams where you have the lead and you, and you, you hold on to it. But uh, there are a lot of variables going on with the White Sox as far as, you know, when are we going to see Dylan Cease here? Uh, when is Lopez going to step up and start playing mm-hmm. better? Uh, Jimenez, when is he going to show what everybody said in the minor leagues was the top young hitter in the minor leagues uh, along, you know, along with uh, just a few others that are coming up this year. So will he start showing that soon? Again, uh, your thoughts on the White Sox Cubs, 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011. We'll talk about Dylan Cease when we come back. We'll talk more about uh, Alex Colomay as well. And a few people texting in that it was not a blown save. It was a tie game. Point made, but we were talking, you know, the game we were talking about with Colme. We'll also dive back in to the Cubs and Craig Kimbrell and take your calls on that at 312 644 6767. Bottom of the hour brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six inch sub for $379 every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Don't forget, we have James McCann of the White Sox coming up. Right after the top of the hour, it's Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for Spiegel today here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you this morning. Glad you are with us. James McCann of the White Sox will join us after the top of the hour. 312-644-6767 is our telephone number. We're talking uh, so far on the show about the White Sox, and are they a for real uh, pretender or contender here in terms of uh, 2019? They had a hot streak. They've had a cold streak. They've had everything in between. Uh, and then you've got your Cubs with uh, Craig Kimbrell. The one thing they are, 
Mike, they're much more watchable. Oh, there's no doubt. And and that is, for me as a baseball fan and what I hear from my White Sox friends, uh, they, they can watch the game without, you know, cringing and going, this isn't worth my time. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing player development. You're seeing a team that doesn't quit. I mean, that's that's kind of been the nice part of the Ricky Renteria uh, White Sox teams, the fact that um, he gets them to play hard, and now you're starting to see better quality show up. So from a time spent watching your White Sox, I think it's a much, uh, much easier thing to do right now. Ricky's boys don't quit, do they? No, but they don't always win. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, and, and a housekeeping thing, I had uh, a texter ask uh, to confirm the Cubs' blown saves number. It was 11 uh, when the Cubs signed Kimbrel, so 11 is that number there. Uh, out to the phone lines we go, and if you'd like to jump in, 312-644-6767. We start downtown where Mike joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Mike. Good morning. And, Bruce, given what you were just saying about the White Sox feel, being close, and they're kind of close, is it fair to criticize Rick Hahn for his prep offseason uh, preparation with the pitching staff? I don't know about anybody else, but I think any game that Nova starts, that Manny Banuelo starts, that maybe Dylan Covey, that's, no, that's not a major league starting rotation, and it's just hard for me as someone who is a partial season ticket holder to pay to watch – Really rotten starting pitching, and yeah. but Khan just seems to be a Teflon man with respect to that. How does he get away with that? Well, Mike, uh, do you do you expect the rebuild to be there this year? Did you expect it to be uh, complete and ready to compete for a championship? No, Bruce, but I expected my management team to make a legitimate effort to put major league pitchers on the mound. Uh, and Manny Banuelos is not by what was it a couple of years ago? His major off-season guy was that uh, those big guys from the bullpen who were awful. I just don't understand how you can't do your homework and you can't make an effort. You know, you've got a dwindling fan base. Uh, I, I think he. Uh, I just don't see why he couldn't have tried harder to get quality, at least one quality starting pitcher. And not dumpster dive because it is painful yeah. to watch. Who wants to see Manny Benuelos? Who wants to see Ivan Nova? Who wants to see uh, – nobody wants to see Santana. And I, and I just don't know how you do that I, and look at your fans and, and say, yep, this is a major league product that you can pay – what do I pay, $50, $75 a seat for? I don't know. That's my gripe. Mike, thank you. Uh, yeah. Mike Esposito, um, you know, when you lose Rodan, uh, when you lost uh, – you know, uh, your your guy in Kopech the year before when Dunning goes down. These are variables that you have to expect will happen at times, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you have major league quality guys to fill that role. And in the rebuild where you're not quite there yet, uh, you're not you're not going after Dallas Keuchel. No, okay? and, and I will say this to Mike. I t- absolutely get the frustration. I didn't mind the Nova signing because here's a guy who's got a track record who's you know, a, 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 I don't want to say above average. Let's call him an, a Joe average major league innings eating pitcher on a one-year deal. That's a short-term thing that hopefully, if you're playing the the long game with Rick Hahn here, that he has a good first half and you flip him for something. I had zero problem with that, but obviously he has not been as advertised. You took a chance on Santana. That didn't work out. The Banuelos thing, Mike, I'm 100% with you. Bill on the northwest side on his Chicago White Sox. Good morning, Bill. Uh, morning, 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 Bruce and everybody else. Let me just say this, starting off. I've been a Sox fan for 70 years. Out of 70 years, in our last 100 years, we've won one World Series. 
I consider the White Sox, and I hate to say this because I'm a diehard, diehard Sox fan, I think they're one of the worst franchises in baseball or in sports in general. I'm just sick about the franchise. I, like I said, I'm at a point I'll probably never see them win again. I'll probably never see a World Series again. But I'm disenchanted with the, the, everything about the franchise, the manager, the owner, the general manager, everything in general. You could have this team. I mean, out of two, two years, 59 and 2005, 70 years, two, two first-place finishes of one World Series. You know what? I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm at a point already where, you know, it's almost impossible for me to watch. I couldn't miss a minute of a game. I, I would tell my wife, hey, you know, the game is starting. I have to see what's going on. You couldn't pay me to watch them now. I mean, it's just to the point already. I, you know, every signing they make is bad. I, maybe one or two good ones, but in general – I mean, nobody goes out there to watch him anymore. There's a reason for it, I guess. What is it? Do you uh, do you like the progress of some of the young players that you see out there? Uh, you know what? I, I I could see the third baseman. He's like a different person, and and I'm I'm glad for that. Uh, this McCann, this catcher we got, uh, is a surprise because I don't mm-hmm. think he could hit in Detroit. Now he's our probably our best hitter. Uh, just in general, it's disheartening to watch. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not an average. I'm a guy that would is stupid would pray. I say, please God, you let these guys win. I'll I'll, I'll say up this and that. This was stupid when I was a kid, <laughs> and I'm thinking now these guys probably wouldn't give you the right time of day. But it's heartbreaking to li- listen and watch this and see what direction they're going. I mean, uh, pay this guy uh, we got from the Cubs all this kind of money, and you know what? I hope and pray that he becomes an average, an average player because I don't think he could hit a slider. I mean, just in general, every time we're talking about this guy's great, this guy's this guy, yeah, that's in the minor leagues. When they come up to the majors, when they have to uh, pitch the 300 hitter or hit a slider or a curveball, it's a different story. It's just heartbreaking, and, and it's hard to watch. Bill, thank you. Appreciate it. Mike, uh, you know, again, uh, so far there is a little frustration with uh, Jimenez. But uh, he's had a couple of hiccups that you have to be aware of. First, uh, the injury. And, uh, you know, he also missed a, a three-day period of time for bereavement. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, giving, I'm, giving the guy, I'm giving the guy time. I, I honestly am. I, I, from every scout that I talked to watching this guy come up, they felt that uh, he's got a chance to be an, an outstanding major league hitter. And, uh, you know, a couple months' worth of struggle is not going to change my mind about him not going to change the White Sox mind. Now, does he have to make an adjustment on on the uh, what he swings at? Uh, is he swinging at too many pitches out of the zone? Uh, these are things that are part of the player development that he's going to have to uh, get into and accomplish here over the next couple of months. I I agree with this text from the seven hundred eight Bruce uh, regarding free agency, and he, he mentions, and I'll, I'll paraphrase. But instead of Alonzo, Jay, and Santana, you look at what Milwaukee did. You got Moustakis on a one-year deal. You got Scope. Uh, guys like that. Don't signed. forget McCann. And, well, right, and McCann. And I understand the the play with Alonzo and Jay, even if they won't say it, right. was, hey, let's get Machado. That obviously didn't work out. You're not going to have Alonzo or Jay next year. I, I don't think that was the only part of it. I, I think they thought they wanted to get some more professional people sure. with leadership ability and ability on the field to help this team go the next step. Now, all, all these guys, Alonzo, McCann, Jay, the one common denominator it is, 
They are top flight individuals with top flight uh, makeup that uh, add to the uh, veteran mix when you're building a young franchise and when you're representing yourself. Now, the results on Alonzo have not been good. Okay, Jay, unfortunately, physically hasn't been there. He got um, He's in the minor leagues now. Just, yep, he's at just, Charlotte. Yep. Just went to Charlotte. So um, I think that the type of individuals they went after, 100% correct. The results, you know, again, up and down. Uh, are you trying to win this year? You're trying to get better. More importantly, you're trying to put a professional product out there of young players that are learning how to win at the major league level collectively. Yeah, McCann has obviously been a home run signing. The other guys, not so much. Nova, you had high expectations for. You didn't get it. And obviously, the big prize in the winter, which you didn't get, that a lot of this was built around, was Machado. 312-644-6767 inside the clubhouse if you want to check in with us. Coming up next, though, after the top of the hour, we will talk to one of those free agent signings, uh, White Sox catcher James McCann. Later on in the show, Brandon Kinsler from the Cubs. It's Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, inside the clubhouse here on The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.